Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, New City. It's John Carlos here. So excited to have you joining us this morning. Um, I, uh, I'm going to be talking about something I think is really essential, really important for our year, for our lives. Something that I think that if we practice and we lived into could change the very outlook and rhythm of our existence. Um, Today I want to talk to you about joy. Today I want to talk to you about authentic and honest joy. I want to talk to you about uh, organic and unforced joy. I want to talk to you about deep and abundant joy. And we as a community have been going through this series, a sermon series called Survival Kit, how to get through 2020. We've been talking about different tools, different practices, different attitudes that can help us survive. And I I know no other greater tool, no other greater weapon, no greater other practice than joy. And uh, I think, uh, especially lately, maybe you heard, maybe maybe you haven't, but um, my life has been filled with a lot of moments of joy recently, Um, a week ago. Um, I proposed to my boyfriend, Favo, and we are officially engaged. We're going to get married. And, and engagements are always beautiful. Engagements are always powerful. But uh, I mean, it, it, it's even more significant for me because I know the journey that Favo and I have gone through. And I know the journeys that Favo and I had gone through individually. Like, I remember uh, not too long ago, not, uh, not accepting that I was gay. Um, not seeing this thing that God had made me as good and true and beautiful. I remember not long ago thinking that uh, I could never be honest about being gay. I could never be out in the open. I would never be accepted. Um, I, I remember not long ago um, being gay, being out in the open, and not not knowing if I would ever find uh, a partner, uh, a companion, if I would ever have that intimacy and that closeness that I had so long desired. And here I am. Uh, and so it's been a journey and it's been uh, marked by moments of joy. Uh, I, uh, I had proposed to Favo in a really beautiful spot. I took him to some cliffs um, near the Mississippi, uh, near Summit Avenue in St. Paul. It had been where we had taken some of our first pictures together as a couple uh, a year and a half ago. And uh, it it was really, really special. I've been planning for like two weeks. Like, uh, it's super funny because, you know, when you're preparing a surprise, you have to like, I had a message, a photographer, and I had to like message for, I had to like organize all these things. I had to get a ring, you know, and all the while you're doing it secretly. And so, uh, you, you know, I, I remember one time he like grabbed my phone to like grab a photo and I was like, oh, don't grab my phone. <laughs> and, and I was trying to keep it secret, you know? And I, you know, we, we get to the day, I take them to Colossal Cafe, which definitely sparks joy if you haven't been there um, on Grand Avenue. And, and then texting the photographer to be there on time and, and then going down, it, it's a, if you, if you Google um, the monument in St. Paul, um, they have like little fences and you, you kind of jump the, the, little, the little fence and you, you go down these cliffs and you see this beautiful view of the river and the trees and the colors that are changing. And um, I remember telling him that, um, you know, cause he had to kind of go down some, 
some train. Uh, I remember telling him that when I met him, uh, I was just like a boy afraid of rocks. <laughs> uh, and now that we've spent a year and a half together, I'm like a boy afraid of rocks with him. And, and, and so we get to the cliff area and we see the view and he like immediately sees the photographer. He's like, is, is that Michael? And I'm like, no, that's probably not Michael. Let's look this way. <laughs> uh, at least he believed me. And then we sit down and then I say, Fawo, I'd love to take a, a picture. I'd love to take a picture of you looking at the, the river, looking at the trees, looking at, uh, at everything. And she's like, okay, cool. And so he stands up and I, I go behind him and he thinks I'm like getting the camera ready. <laughs> but I really like, you know, scavenging through my bag for, 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 for the box and the ring. And so he, he, I say, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, looking good. One second, gotta, gotta take those photos. And then I, I get on one knee and I propose. And he turns around and, uh, and he, you know, it's super funny. Um, you know, you kind of have these moments where, I, you kind of have a lot of joy and you cry and you know he now knew where the camera was so he was like not wanting to like have him uh, crying on camera and and I was like in my head I was like I paid money to have you cry on camera <laughs> and so but it was this beautiful moment you know and and it was this culmination of so many things so many journeys so many experiences um and and which kind of brings me today to talk to you about um what is joy um Joy is one of those words that gets used a lot. You know, it can be packed with meaning, um, but it can also be like really um, meaningless. It can be thrown around without any real significance. It could just be a synonym for happy or optimism or positivity. Um, it's especially one of those words in the Bible where when I read it, um, sometimes I'm like, uh, it's just like a lot of like greeting card language put next to each other. So what is joy? What is this thing that um, we want our lives to be full of? Um, I believe joy, I believe biblical joy is this. Joy is an embodied awareness of the goodness, of the grace, of the glory all around you. Joy is an embodied awareness of the goodness, of the grace, and the glory all around us. Yeah, joy. And um, I, I give us that definition because I think uh, I want to I wanna be clear. I don't think joy is primarily uh, a feeling. Um, I don't think uh, joy is just primarily an emotion. Um, uh, I remember having that really significant, beautiful moment uh, with Fabo. Um, and, and it was this, you know, ecstatic kind of like euphoria for about 15 minutes. But after 15 minutes, like I just like I just felt relief. I had just like planned this for two weeks. I had been really anxious. I had so much adrenaline. I was really nervous. And now I had relief. And then 15 minutes after that, I was just really tired. I was just exhausted. I didn't want to take more photos. I didn't, we had discovered a waterfall. Like we had done all this cool stuff. And now I, I didn't want to talk to more people. I didn't want to do any more things. I just wanted to go home and take a nap with Fabo. Now, if we understand joy to simply be an emotion or a feeling, well, then I had joy for 15 minutes, I had relief for another 15 minutes, and then I had exhaustion and tiredness for another 15 minutes. Um, but I think actually joy is greater than a feeling. Um, joy is an embodied awareness of the good and the grace and the glory all around you, right? Um, I tell you that because, you know, 
Uh, do you know where I made the decision that I wanted to marry Fabo? Do you know where I made the decision that I wanted to finally propose and take that next step in a relationship? Um, I didn't make it looking at beautiful trees. I didn't make it, you know, um, after a really great prayer session. I didn't make it like under a waterfall. I made it on a, on a, on a couch with a fever, quarantining because I had COVID-19, trying to watch TV or look at my phone, but like the light of my phone was like so bright and my eyes were so sensitive, it hurt to even look at it. I made that decision with a clarity of not feeling very good, but being aware that right next to me was goodness and grace and glory that I no longer wanted to describe as my boyfriend. I wanted to describe as my partner. Right. So like the joy I felt having COVID that I realized that I had a, a, a partner and a support that I wanted to do my the rest of my life with wasn't this emotion, this feeling of feeling awesome. Sometimes that's what joy expresses itself as. But sometimes joy is like <laughs> like puking <laughs> and, and feeling uh, sick and knowing there's someone right next to you helping you knowing there's someone right next to you, knowing that you're not alone. Joy is not a feeling or an emotion. You can have it when you're sick. You can have it when you're healthy. You can have it when you're depressed and anxious. You can have it when you're tired and exhausted. Joy is an awareness in our bodies of the good and the grace and the glory all around us. So the point of this message is not cheer up. The point of this message is not be happy. I remember being depressed and having people tell me just to cheer up and move on and just forget about the trauma and just act like everything is good and fake it till you make it. And and I, that's not the advice I'm offering you today. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we have um, just more general happiness. Actually, happiness might be something that you get, but joy is something that you grow. It's something that you cultivate. Yeah. Um, I'm invited into joy, real, authentic joy. And so are you. We are invited into joy. We are invited to be aware, regardless of where you're at, regardless of what your situation is, regardless of whether you're employed or unemployed, whether you are um, depressed or manic, whether you are healthy or like you, we are all, wherever we're at, however it looks like, actually invited into this awareness in our bodies that goodness surrounds us that grace surrounds us that glory surrounds us yeah um but i also in this story in this proposal i also came to realize that not everyone was entering into that joy not everyone could enter into that celebration that fabo and i were having um i remember you know going on facebook and you know posting and um we had like hundreds of people love and like and congratulate us and i remember like seeing people from all parts of my life before i was out before after i was out like in different churches different states different cities different experiences all entering into our joy celebrating this moment between Favo and me and our future but not everyone can enter into that you know i uh, we we had gotten the ring and the ring was great but the ring was one size too big. So we went to the store the next day, filled with this excitement, this euphoria of being engaged. And we wanted to get the ring exchanged for uh, a, one, one ring that was a size smaller. And 
we we get into the store, we get into this retailer, and and we ask for help, and we you know we we, we tell this you know this employee she was kind of an older, uh, probably late fifties white woman wearing a mask, and and we tell her we just got engaged, we're so excited, uh, but it looks like the ring is a little too big. He's a size nine, and we actually have a size ten. So could you help us with that? Um, and what ensued was about ten minutes of really cold transactional uh, customer service experience. I um, and 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 you know, full disclosure, I don't know why, right? I I, I don't I, I don't know why. Um, my intuition, based on the way we were treated, the way. Um, she looked at us, the way her tone was, the way she interacted with us, is that she didn't know how she felt about two men getting married. And I remember being in that, like, we were so excited. And like, we just got engaged. Did did you bring the receipt? Yeah, yeah. I It's right here, I got the receipt. No, you're, you're gonna need the ring tag as well. Did you bring the ring tag? Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I did, I did bring the ring tag. Here it is, we were just here a couple days ago. Um, and it was just this experience. It's like everyone for the last 24 hours had just entered into our door, but this person was unable or unwilling to celebrate with us. I mean, it was to the point that it was so like, we, we had found out that the ring we were buying had a huge discount today. Uh, I bought it full price, but it was like 60% off now. And we're like, oh, well, we'd like to, we'd like to do that. And, and I remember the, the person just being like, uh, yeah, I can only give you equal value. Um, I can only exchange it at equal price. Uh, and I, I was like, uh, <laughs> so like, I like I can exchange this, get my money back, and then he has to buy it at discount. Like, why are we playing this game? Um, and 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 even though we we got the ring, we figured it out. Um, it was very clear that something was preventing this person from entering into joy. Something was preventing this person from entering into a celebration that was happening in front of her. Something was preventing this person from seeing the grace in front of her, seeing the glory before her, seeing the, the, the goodness of what this relationship and this future had. And, 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 and that's, that's a shame, right? So when we think about like things like homophobia, not only are we against homophobia because homophobia is an enemy to justice? We're against homophobia because homophobia is an enemy to joy. Right? We're not just against white supremacy because it's an enemy to justice, right? We're against white supremacy because it's an enemy to joy, right? Right? And so like we 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 as a community have a really good lens for justice, but understand that we are not just advocates of justice, you and I. We're advocates of joy. And actually, there are attitudes, beliefs, uh, practices, things we can have that prevent us from entering into joy. And so, like this woman, you know, we, we, we figured out paying and we, we, we got it worked out. Another employee walks by and says, you guys just got engaged? That's amazing. And it was this contrast of this person who worked here could see could 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 hear could 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 be aware in um in her understanding that that joy was before her and entering into that yeah yeah so um today we're going to be looking at a really powerful passage of scripture 
um, we're looking at two uh, that kind of speak to each other. The first is in Romans 14 that tells us what the kingdom of God is about. And then the second is a story that says the kingdom of God is like a party, a banquet, a feast. Yeah. So we look at Romans chapter 14, 17. And the context of this is that there's kind of a big fight happening in the church. They're trying to figure out what laws to follow, what laws to not follow, uh, what rules to follow, what rules not to follow, especially um, now in, in this kind of New Testament, New Covenant. Um, and we, we, we see Paul tell this community in Rome that God's kingdom isn't about eating food or drinking, but about righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. They're having this discussion about whether they could eat food sacrificed to idols or not. And, 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 and Paul is saying, actually, actually, it's actually not about either of those things. It's actually about three things. The kingdom of God is about three things. And, and he says, righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, righteousness we get. Righteousness can sometimes be translated to justice. The state of things being right. The state of things being right between you and others others and others, and you and God, and us, and creation, everything, the state of all things being right, the state of all things being just, like we get justice as a community, peace, and then finishes with joy. Now, I just want to be honest, I don't, when I think of the Bible, I don't immediately think of joy. When I think of religion, I don't immediately think of joy. When I think of Christianity, sometimes I don't immediately think of joy, but Paul is saying here that if there's three characteristics that we should know about the kingdom of God, there's three things that are essential to what the kingdom of God is. Then it's righteousness or justice, peace, the idea of being whole and complete, shalom, right? And lastly, joy. Joy is an essential part of the kingdom of God. And then we go into Luke and we have the story, right? right? It starts out, a man sitting at a table says, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet, a party, a dinner, a celebration, right, in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus tells a story, right, a story about a party. Because what we're going to discover is that joy is a celebration everyone is invited to, but not everyone attends. Joy is a celebration, right? The awareness of the good and the grace and glory all around you, inside you, and right next to you, and across the universe, that joy is something everyone is invited into, but somehow not everyone attends. And so uh, as we look at Luke 14, so Jesus replied to the story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. We're talking about the best food. We're talking about the best wine. We're talking about best music. Like this is a party, right? Like this is like when you wake up on the day of going to a, like a Beyonce concert and you're that excited. This is a huge party. And, and and I think we have an idea of what a party is, right? Like, you know, like an entire night. Woo! But but you have to understand that people would sometimes travel for days to come to these festivals, come to these banquets, come to these parties. And sometimes these parties would last for weeks, right? So like this is a huge party, right? It's all free. It's all grace. It's all here, right? And, and so uh, the, the servants were asked to, 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 to say that banquet is ready. You're invited. And so what happens? The, they, they go out and they start inviting people. And, 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 and all the people 
other people have an excuse, right? Someone just bought some property and has to inspect it. Someone else uh, has some, some, some oxen and has to figure out some things with the farming. And someone else just got married and has some responsibilities to attend to. And so the servant returns back and says, actually, everyone we invited said, said no, right? And then so the, the master then said, so go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor invite the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after this, there's still room. And so invite the travelers, the people out on the, the, the highways and the lanes and behind the hedges and invite everyone so my house will be full. And so I, I read this story and it's, it's really powerful for me because I know what it's like to be invited into joy and to say no. <laughs> I know what it's like to be invited into grace and say, oh, I'm busy. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I tell you the story because I think that the, the, there's this symbolism of a party, that the kingdom of God is not just a job, it's not just a responsibility, it's not just a calling. The kingdom of God is also a party. And what's interesting is that the things that prevent people from coming to that party aren't what you would expect. Like, I would expect the reason people don't enter into joy maybe because of pain, maybe because of trauma, maybe because of uh, marginalization, right? But actually, it looks like the things that prevented these people from going to that party is because they were, because they were busy, because they were distracted, because they had other things that they had deemed more important. Um, I tell you that story because I think that joy is something um, that everyone is invited to. And it's really interesting, um, especially when we think about when we regard it towards pain or marginalization, there's there's kind of a pushback whenever we talk about joy that look how bad the world is. Look how bad everything is around us. Look at the injustice. Look at the uncertainty. Look at the chaos. Look at the misuse of power. Look at everything um, that that's going on. How could we have joy? And it's interesting that it's actually the marginalized, the lame, and the blind that come to the party. When, when I talk to you about joy, I want to be clear about two things. Joy is not toxic positivity, okay? Joy does not need to act like pain is not real. Joy does not need to invalidate our experiences or our trauma to be real and to be true. Amen? And so we, we, sometimes I've been to churches or I've been a part of um, communities where uh, when we go through bad things, we have to act like they're not real, act like they're not happening because God is good. So this, this must not be that big of an issue. And we, we just need to focus on how God is good, right? And not mourn and not weep and not cry, which are also biblical commandments, right? Like real joy doesn't have to try to get rid of pain, doesn't have to try to act like it's not there. Real joy doesn't need to pretend. Real joy doesn't need to fake it. Real joy doesn't have to act like the, the, the pains that we experience aren't real, but real joy is an invitation to know that while pain is a part of the story, it's not the whole story. While um, difficulty is a part of the story, there is still goodness that you can be aware of. There's still grace that you can be awareness. There's still glory in you and all around you. It's not an invitation to act like problems aren't real. It's an invitation to see the greater picture filled with a love and a goodness that are pursuing you right now. 
Um, but there's also kind of a, a second perspective on pain. Not that joy like gets rid of it, but that um, that we have to glorify pain, right? This happens a lot in Christianity, whether you're liberal or conservative. Um, this, I'm going to sacrifice my well-being, my joy, my happiness, my relationships for this mission, for this cause, for this responsibility, for this calling. And so I'm going to pursue justice and I'm going to live a joyless life and it'll all be worth it. And, 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 and we don't have to glorify pain. We don't have to uh, act that, we don't have to pursue pain so that and somehow we'll be more holy or more noble. Uh, like, like, we don't need to pursue uh, and, and fight for humanity while somehow losing some of our humanity. Because you have to understand that movements without joy just will not last. But movements grounded and centered on joy will last forever. Right? Movements without dancing cannot last. Movements without singing cannot last. Movements without drums and without art and without joy cannot last. And if we're going to be a sustainable movement, if we're going to be part of sustainable movements, then not only must we mourn and weep as we are called to and commanded to, but we must also sing and we must also dance because there is goodness in us and around us. There's glory in our hands and our faces and our lives. And there's, there's grace even here, even now, of course. Um, and so when we think about joy, it, 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 again, it's not a feeling. Again, it's not just toxic positivity. Uh, again, it, it, it's, not, it's not just this emotion that comes and goes. It's an invitation to come to a celebration, to a party that everyone is invited to, but not everyone attends and there's a lot of reasons why we don't attend um uh so i there have been times in my life where i would rather be right than have joy there are times in my life that i would rather accomplish my job and look good than have joy uh there are times where i've sacrificed many things uh and and and, and one of them one of the things i've sacrificed is my own joy you know i think of even just preparing a message sometimes i will prepare and prepare and practice and a message and all the while just like not take care of the awareness not take care of the joy not take care of my health not take care of who i am um jesus isn't just asking us to fight for justice that's true jesus is also asking us to fight for joy yeah so what is this what does this actually look like in our lives in our world well first of all we have to like Marie Kondo says, we have to ask, what's sparking joy and what's not? And getting rid of the things in our life that aren't actually sparking this awareness of good and grace around us. So um, uh, things that are, are sparking joy right now in my life. Um, I love watching Emily in Paris with my boyfriend. And we like will see like Paris in the show that we laugh and enjoy. And we're like, there's more good. There's more beauty. There's more art that we haven't even imagine, not just not seen, but like we haven't even, we didn't even know that existed, right? I, I love, you know, um, walking outside, especially as the leaves are changing and realizing that the task on my agenda and the emails in my inbox are actually not as important. Um, things that are not sparking joy, looking at the news before 5 p.m. When I wake up and I just immediately look at the news or when my entire day is just headlines, I feel my life is really chaotic and I have a lot of anxiety, but if I just say, you know what, I'm going to live my life and then at five o'clock, I'm going to find out what's going on. 
I still am aware of what's going on, but I felt like I'm, I'm more grounded. Um, there's a lot of things that are sparking joy in your life. Do more of that. There are a lot of things that are not sparking joy that you know aren't bringing you life, you know? Uh, I, I know in my life, I, I wake up, if I wake up 10, 15 minutes before I have to go to work, then I don't eat breakfast and I rush and then I start my day with fires. And, and so waking up earlier is something that sparks joy in my life because it helps me be grounded and see that this day is not just fires, there's good, there's grace, there's glory all around me. The second thing uh, is, is if, if joy is a noun, the verb of joy is rejoicing. And we think about that as a spiritual practice. We think about uh, worship and praise and music as a way of us um, <laughs> communicating to our bodies, preparing our bodies to the goodness all around us, specifically in God. And so um, I know in my life how important worship has been, music specifically. Um, and so one of the things I want to do as a community is if there's a worship song, and by that I mean you know, all music is sacred, all music is holy, but a worship song is something that is either singing about God or singing to God, right? If there's a worship song that's helped you, impacted you, helped you be aware of the goodness and grace all around you, then, you know, put it out right now in the comments. If there's a worship song you really liked, maybe the name, maybe the artist, maybe why it was so impactful to you, just, we want right now to take a moment and be like, what, what are some songs that help us rejoice in who God is? And who God has always been for us, um, and I and I know, but like uh, the church isn't perfect. There are a lot of songs I like made by worship bands that or churches that maybe I don't agree with, or um, and you don't have to agree with that, their politics or their theology. But if there's some songs that have moved you, whether now or in the past, we're gonna make a playlist where you can comment now on on those songs. But we're gonna make a New City playlist that we'll post in the New City Community Facebook group. So that we can, if you want to be listening to the songs and music that, that really will shape you and will help, under, help you understand that it's not just tweets and presidential uh, problems and the election and pandemic. Those are part of the story. Let's not invalidate that. Let's not erase that. Joy is inviting us to know that more is going on. Um, and finally, I, I, I just want to be, you know, I want to end with kind of a story. Um, uh, a couple days after I, I, I proposed to Fabo, I had a dream, and that dream became a nightmare. Um, in the dream, I was with Fabo, and we were dancing, and it was beautiful, and it was good. And it was kind of like at a party, but it was like, not like, mms, mms, it was more like slow dancing, and, um, and we were happy. But then all of a sudden, we realized we weren't in a dance floor in Minnesota. We were actually in Ecuador, and we realized everyone around us was actually uh, judging us. Everyone around us had disgust and shame in their, in their face. And, 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 and I remember uh, in the dream, something happened and they, they asked all the guys in each couple to do something. And we looked at each other and we're like, uh, and we knew we didn't belong there. Um, and I, I, I remember just waking up and, and just like, like having that image of like dancing and, and being judged, being rejected, being um, being in that space. And and I, I remember like waking up, sitting up and just realizing two really important things. The first thing I realized was by choosing to be with Fabo in some way, I was choosing pain. By choosing to be with Fabo in some way, I was choosing um, moments of rejection, moments of 
discomfort moments of discrimination um, that nothing I could do could really change. And the second thing I realized was that in light of joy, it didn't make a difference. I loved him. And I, it wasn't like another, there wasn't like two options. So you be with Fabo or not pain and, uh, and not be with Fabo. Not, like there wasn't two options. I, I, in light of love, I could only choose Fabo. You see, the thing is that the life of God, the life of love is not free of pain. I can't promise you a life free of pain. If you love, you're going to experience pain. If you care, you're going to experience pain. If you attempt anything, you're going to experience pain. The life of God is not free of pain, but it can be full of joy. Because even if I'm rejected and even if um, people don't accept who I am or who Fabo is, I love him. And what, what, what else can you do? In light of love, there are multiple options. In light of love, it doesn't even make a difference. For the joy set before me, I choose Fabo. Uh, we have a savior that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, right? We have a, a faith that isn't just about getting our job done, isn't just about our calling and our task and our responsibility and do this and don't do that. Our faith, the kingdom of God, is fundamentally about joy. What does joy look like in your life? What are the practices that could bring about more awareness of the good and the grace and the glory all around you? Because the reality is that a life with God is not free of pain, but it's full of joy. Joy can exist in the midst of pain. Joy can exist in the midst of depression. Joy can exist in the midst of sickness. Joy can exist in the midst of uncertainty. It doesn't have to invalidate those uncertainties to know that goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. So may you, and may I, may we as a community, be aware of the goodness, of the grace, of the glory all around us. And may we as a community enter into that kind of joy.